from Grammy nominated rock star to Emmy Award winning composer. I can't, I just can't wait. I'm so excited. And I, I wish that the Emmy was here, but you didn't bring it. Who, who, what? Who? Today on On the Fly Filmmaking. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. Hey everyone, welcome back to On the Fly Filmmaking. I'm your host, Mary Lou Mandel, and you can find me all over the internet at Mary Lou Mandel. And today, I'm talking to somebody that you can now also find all over the internet, <laughs> because he just won an Emmy. Jeff Russo, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Yes, he is a music composer, and this beautiful song that's playing is... What you just won for, right? Yeah, this is, that's that's correct. This is you're playing the the choir version of the main theme for Fargo yes. for Fargo. That's yeah, right. Fargo. And the, was this choir version only on season three? Season three, but that I did it. I recorded it for season three. Yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. I Thank love you. it. And I was listening through the soundtrack, which you can find on Spotify. That's also, right. beautiful, beautiful stuff. Thank you. And then diving into what you've done, you've done all sorts of things. I, 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 yes, I tend to sort of be a little ADD with the music. That's okay, <laughs> so I, but at least you're sticking with music. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, great. I don't know that I could do anything else. No, I think you've got a career in it. You should stick with it. I'm feeling good about it. So definitely stick with music. It seems to be working out for I'm, you. I think, I think maybe I might try it for a little while longer. Okay. Just give it good. a little more. Just a little, little more time. You're yeah. almost there. You're almost there. All right. So I'd love to know about your Emmy win. You are the first like Emmy winner that we've gotten so fresh off the carpet. I'm fresh off the carpet. Yes, it, it happened a couple of days ago, and it, it was as surprising to me as I've ever been in my entire life. I, I went to um, I went to the Emmys with my wife. We, we we went, and I had said there's no way there's no way I was going to win. I thought for sure it was going to be a, a good friend of mine. His name is Matt Quayle, who, who did the music. We, we for, interviewed Matt Quayle a okay. few weeks ago. He's wonderful. So I I was positive positive that he was going to win for feud and um when when we were sitting there and they they said the the nominee names i sort of looked at my wife and then i looked over at mac expecting them to say him and for me to give him a smile and like you know and they said they said fargo and my my wife said later that i looked like i was going to vomit ah. like i looked like i tur- i had seen a ghost and i turned just ghost white and she was like i've never seen you like that before um and i was yeah it, it was it was it was surprising and then of course it was pretty thrilling but still so, such a i'm still sort of in shock i still am not really believing it right i keep the the emmy is in its box it's not even out of its box i keep it in its box on my desk and i keep looking at it and not really believing that it's there. Yeah, I had requested that he bring the Emmy here today, but he didn't want to take it to some meeting. I would be coming around town like, "Hi, I I'm had here, a, I had Starbucks, a, hello." I had a spotting session for for another project that I'm working on, and it would have been a little uncomfortable. You put <laughs> to that bring in it. a bag. We right. look at it later. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. I understand. One day I'll get one of these guests to bring their fancy awards because I just want to like sit with it. Right. <laughs> And just look, just look like at it. Feel the fanciness. Of well, this it's award. not an it, it. It is a her. Her. And her name is Emmy. Her, her name is Emmy. Yes. Well, I want to meet Emmy. I want to interview Emmy. I feel like she's a woman of few words. She had very few. Yeah. But she says a lot. Yes. 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 Oh, that's like the best kind of woman. Yeah. So you won for outstanding <laughs> music composition for a limited series, Fargo. So this was for season three that you won the award for, but you've done the composition for the whole series yes seasons one two and three wonderful and so that one being limited is it 
a little bit different each time. You know, it's interesting that you ask this question because I've now seen a number of people ask, well, what's the difference? Why is that a limited series and say uh, House of Cards, which mm-hmm. won for uh, um, the best best uh, music for a series? What's the difference? Why is one a series one is not a series? And I, I want to sort of set the record straight. Let's hear it. Okay. So – uh, the House of Cards is a show about the same thing mm-hmm. that the story continues from one season to the next. Yes. It is the same story. With a limited series like Fargo and Feud, for instance, mm-hmm. they tell a different story every year. Right. So American Horror Story would be like different that. Every story, season's and that, different. And that's exactly right. Yeah. So American Horror Story is Coven one year, is some... Asylum, Asylum right, right, carnival, yeah, yeah. whatever. Um, and and with Fargo, even though we're called Fargo, we don't change the name of it every season. It's a new story, new characters, new actors, new everything. Yeah. So that's what separates it from, say, a regular television series because um, we are limited in that way. That the, we have a closed-ended narrative every season. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Right. So there you have it. There's your answer. Yeah, I feel like that's pretty self-explanatory. People don't get it. Who is it? I'll, I'll slap It's them. the internet. The internet asked that they question. They don't understand So anything. we're on the internet now. I figured I'd no, answer here. the internet. We're here to tell you. Limited yes. series. Yes. There it is. There it is. Great. You guys know you all, you binge watch enough. You figure it out. Right. It's fine. But that's why we're here on On the Fly Filmmaking to teach you about this kind of stuff. So We're uh, here to answer all the questions. All the questions. All of them. Alright, then my next question... Uh-huh. For you is, do you approach something like this differently than something that is a continual story? Well, well, yeah, certainly from from season to season, I do. Um, it was it was basically like I was starting completely new. The only mm-hmm. thing that the only thematic element that that transversed all three seasons, actually two thematic elements. One is the main theme continued to be. It was just sort of it would pop its head up in different different mm-hmm. ways. Um and then in season three, we had a character appear in season three, which is the only character that technically appeared in all three seasons, and that was this character, his name was Wrench, Mr. Wrench, uh-huh. who was the hitman, one of the two hitmen in season one. He appeared in season two as a young boy in episode 10, and then in this season he appears in, in episodes seven, eight, and nine, mm-hmm. or eight, nine, and ten. Okay. I, I'm sorry. I, yeah, eight, nine, and ten. Yeah, so, so he has like a musical he has, theme. Yeah, there was a theme for wrench and numbers in, in episode in season one that then became um, the theme for wrench and Swango, who Nikki Swango was the name of the other character, um, and it, it's this drum theme that I would play mm-hmm. on the drums, and that that theme sort of came back in in season three. Oh, right on. Yeah. Well, good. Then then that is a different approach because it's different, but it's. Got, it's in the same world. That's correct. So and it's I, different, but it's the same. Yes, which is yeah. uh, when we were talking with Matt Quayle a few weeks ago was similar thing where there are recurring themes, mm-hmm. but it's different. Right. So, and he's ta- he was talking about feud or he was talking about American Horror, Story. American Horror Story. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So good. I like that. Right. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit about some of your other projects that you have happening. Legion coming up again. I'm starting that right now. As a matter of fact, I've been on set watching them shoot the first episode. And that's really, really exciting because um, the work that we did in season one I felt really, really connected to, and really, it was a lot of fun to do. That kind of music has has always played a um, central role in my music listening experience. I would go home and put on those kinds of records, like you know, Pink Floyd and uh-huh. crazy, crazy atonal um, classical music. Right on. Really, just get. And nuts. so, when you're sitting on set, are you already scoring in your head? Yeah. As a matter of fact, I had to write a piece of music for a sequence that they were shooting too. So I had already done that. But yes, as I'm watching them and reading scripts and seeing 
seeing how, how it's all sort of coming together. I'm starting to write the themes in my head. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. And then you've got... Uh, counterpart, which is a new show that's coming out. That's correct. So uh, there's a there's a um, it is a thriller show for for Stars Network that'll come out sometime I think in January or February. Okay. But it stars J.K. Simmons, and right on. it's really really interesting. It's about these. Um, it's about a, a mirror world that gets discovered, what? and and people living on both sides, and and so. Um, a lot of the actors play themselves on both sides. It's pretty interesting. That's neat. I feel like you get a lot of fun projects then. I have been very, very lucky that I've been able to get to work on some very, very interesting and very cool projects. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. So we've got Three Christ that's premiering this week, right? Yeah, it's premiering at the uh, at the Toronto Film Festival this week. And nice. I'm really excited about that. I worked on that at, at the beginning of the year. stars um, Richard Gere. And that's mm-hmm. that's a really interesting story about a um, – about a psychiatrist who was studying the uh, the the interaction of three schizophrenic patients in the Ypsilanti uh, mental hospital. <clears throat> excuse me, um, and they all thought they were Jesus Christ. Oh. So he thought, why don't I put all three of them in a room together? Yeah, and we'll see what happens. And he does, and hilarity ensues. Yeah. No, no, it's it's <laughs> it not, not it's not like funny. That, but... uh, I mean, there's there are some light and 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 fun moments, but it's a really interesting story told about these people. And apparently, it's a true story based yeah. on a book and, and okay. the truth. Yeah, that sounds interesting. And then uh, one of the most stressful shows I've ever seen, The Night Of. <laughs> that was last summer. Yeah, that was uh, – I would say that is a very well-described um, uh, sentence. And yeah. yes, it was a very stressful show. <laughs> stressful to do, stressful to watch, stressful yeah. to be a part of. But it was really fulfilling, though. It was really fun. And I really think – like the music plays so much into that. Is that like bringing the tension, like really putting it in your soul. Because yeah. music like taps in a little bit differently the way a visual thing can. I, I totally agree with you and I think that's the one thing that, that kept stressing me out too is I had to sort of really pull on that tension. It would pull out of me too. So I would go home sort of feeling like I needed to drink every yeah. night. Yeah. No, I'll be honest. I think I only got three episodes into that because my heart couldn't take it. I was like, this is too stressful. Oh, yeah. But me. people would call me and be like, I can't watch this show at home alone. Yeah. I can't I can't do it. I need to have either a friend or I have to watch it during the day. It can't be watched at night. Yeah. yeah it's You're just haunting stressful. people. It's just haunting yeah, people. Know. And then my favorite of your newest projects Uh-oh. was announced today or was mm. premiered out on the internet today is the Star Trek Discovery theme. I, I am... I am I am working on that show. Yeah, that is a project <laughs> that is on your roster. That is that is currently be it is currently being done. I'm I'm currently working on that and uh yeah, the so we I had written the theme for the show back in um back in uh in March or April and they they released it today to uh to the public a a sort of behind the scenes look Great. at what we did. Really good timing because like you just won your award, yeah. your name's buzzing out there. I'm wondering know, like, if they thought about that. When I wonder they if that today. was Hmm. <laughs> well, we've got a little clip from that if we want to scope that out. I really liked hearing it for the first time because I know it's not something we were allowed to talk about too much. I don't know what you're talking about. No idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> but uh, it was released out in the world, this little clip of Star Trek Discovery. And you running a 60-piece Yeah, it was, I think it was it actually – they, they say 60. I think it was 63. 63? I think so. All right. Let's scope it out. French horns. The music of Trek is 
a critical part of the experience of Trek. The original Alexander Courage theme is one of the most iconic and memorable themes of all time. It's built into the DNA of the show. So there's a beautiful segueing in and out of the original theme into the more modern theme. chills i've got chills <laughs> listening to this i cannot wait for star trek discovery um so i know the project we're not supposed to talk too much about but like as a star what project? trek fan what project are you, are you a fan what, are you of talking the about show a project? called star trek uh, you know it's funny uh yes i i watched star trek when i was a kid and i'm i'm a fan now i yeah. i continue to want to see the movies i continue to 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 want to to want to engage <laughs> for lack of a better way yeah. uh, of saying it. But yeah, it's fun. It's that's, fun. That's really great. Yeah, because this, this uh, version of it definitely, as, as they said in this article, it's an Entertainment Weekly article that I found this on, that it's like a throwback to the original Star Trek. Mm. So it's it's nice. That's what I feel. Mm. I don't know your opinion on it. Mm. I have no opinion. You have no opinion, None. but I just think, <laughs> I think it's wonderful. It sounds wonderful, and I will watch the show for sure. What show? Uh, it's just a little little thing called Star Trek. You oh. should probably check it out. Oh, if you want to, I might. If you want, I will. It, you, you don't have to. Nobody's premieres, pressuring you. It premieres on the twenty fourth. I think is that right? Twenty fourth. Yeah, right on. So, somewhere good. How on the, somewhere on the internet. See, that's a dream of mine is to be part of Star Trek, and so this is the closest that I've gotten so far. Is somebody who's not allowed to talk about working on the project. I don't work on that project. You don't work on nothing? No. Nope. Don't know nothing about nothing? I feel like someone's coming for your kneecaps. <laughs> so, <laughs> awesome. So um, let's talk about your, your background in entertainment. So from my, my digging on the internet, you were in a, a little rock band back also, in the day. Yes. So I, I, I like to refer to those as that is my clown days. Okay. When I when I delved into wanting clown makeup on and, yeah? and smiles and stuff. Nice. I, no, I, you know, I, I started out... Um, when I was a teenager wanting to be in rock bands because, um, you know, the guitar players got the girls. So mm-hmm. I wanted to, I wanted to be on stage playing guitar. And then I, I remember I smoked pot once and listened to the wall and thought, oh, I've got to do that. Yeah. Pink Floyd kind of thing. And then I started a band and about 10 years later, you know, my band made our first record, mm-hmm. um, Lemon Parade, which we had a couple of hits on it. And, and we, that, we so did. that same band is Tonic the yeah, whole way? That's, that's the one you started, then yes. 10 years later? Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, uh, we, I started the band in like 1992. Okay. Um, and with Emerson, who is a, a, was a friend of mine in high school, and, and we, um, we, we were out here in LA and we, made made a record and, and when then we went on tour and we all of a sudden found ourselves like eight years later after making three records and it, it we had toured around the world and it was it, it was and continues to be a um you know a, a a thing that is very close to my heart i still play with the band and yeah. the band still goes out sometimes i can't go on tour with the band because i'm now a lot more busy with with writing music for these films and television shows and video games and stuff and um but it's it's something that that really is near and dear to my heart yeah that's yeah. great and i think it's really wonderful that you mentioned the wall being so inspirational for you yeah. like i need to do that because that's rock music but it's so cinematic 
I think that I think that's maybe where I sort of got the urge to be a part of making music that is cinematic, or or what sort of shaped my my musical um, my musical journey. You know, um, I we we wrote pop songs, and and but we always sort of thought about them in in terms of being visualized. You know, and I don't even mean like the way we would make videos. We made videos, and yeah. you know, when, I watched a few. They're so moody. You, well, some of them are, yeah. and some of them are not. Like yeah. there there are some with us on roller skates. I saw, I and, saw a little bit of that, <laughs> right? One, of yeah. course. Um, and uh, and and but we always sort of looked at music as as a visual thing. You know, and what what can we make you sort of visualize and feel? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a cinematic. That's a cinematic um, pretense, you know. So we, I, I think that helped m- me to want to get involved in this kind of stuff. But it wasn't until about um, 2004 um, that I had any idea that I would want to do anything like this, you yeah. know, and, and make music. I mean, b- before 2011, I had never really written anything of any orchestral nature. Okay. You know, I'd thought about music in, in terms of harmonies and melodies and how can we build these things. But, you know, with, with my first season of Fargo, that was the first time I'd ever written any music for, um, for an orchestra. And that I just sort of had to teach myself how to do that a- along the way. Mm-hmm. That's good. Is this on the fly? On the fly. That, to, that was, you have to learn on the I fly? would say that the, the, the beginning of my, my career in, in film and television was all on the fly. And one of the things that I think a lot of composers will tell you is that most of us sort of sit and wait for someone to figure out that we don't know what the hell we're doing. Like, mm-hmm. we don't know what we're talking about. We don't know what we're... We just it's sort of... All artists. It's all on the fly. Right, or right. Like even everyone. It doesn't so, even matter. Not so even when, when you talk about filmmaking on the fly, it was... I got a, I got a, a phone call from Noah, who's the, 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 the showrunner and creator of Fargo, who I had worked with in the past, and he said, hey, I, I, I'm, I've been asked to write a script and, and develop this show, Fargo. And I was like, you mean the movie? And he's like, yeah, what do you think of that? And I was like, well, I... that." It's a great idea. Let's you know, it's great. Let's talk about it. So we went out to dinner and we we um, we talked about what the score should be, and you know we talked about it being orchestral and cinematic and cold and beautiful and big. And I went back to my studio and I was like, oh shit, how do I do that? Yeah. And I did it that night. I wrote the theme, and um, that is as on the fly I think as it gets. I sent it to him the next day. Yeah. And and he was like, this is exactly what I was talking about. Let's you know do more. So I just started writing more. That's great because that that has been a continual theme. Continual theme talking to all the different artists on this show mm-hmm. is just go do it. Right. Just go do it. Like, Figure out how to do it later. Yes. Yeah. yeah you know, know, because you, you'll learn on the way. Something great will probably come of it, you know. Or sometimes. Like, sometimes you know. not. And then you sit and you go, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did that. That was bad language. Is that yeah, okay? It's fine. <laughs> it's, okay. <laughs> it's fine. Right. It's totally fine. But we're we, on the internet. Yeah. We're on uh, the internet. Everything goes, please right. keep your pants on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a second. Oh, oh This is the next episode. Like, we talked to your PR people. They said later. Another time. Another episode for that. Right. So when you transitioned over from, you know, pop rock right. to composition for movies and films, uh-huh. like how did that happen? Well, I started... You, Back in 2004, 2005, um, the band, we just decided we were going to take a bit of a break. The Emerson was going to go make a solo record, and I really didn't know what I was going to do. I started writing songs for a solo record, which I never finished. And then, so I'm good friends with Wendy Melvoin of the duo Wendy and Lisa, and they mm-hmm. were in Prince's band, and um, they had started and they had started writing music for films and television a couple of years before earlier than that. And Wendy had said, why don't you come down to the studio and check out what we're doing? So I went down and 
and hung out with them for like three months, two months, just watching what they were doing. And finally they said, hey, do you want to work here? Maybe assist us and do this and that. And I had already sort of been helping out. Um, and I said, yeah, that sounds like a really great idea. And eventually they asked me to write a cue. They were like, do you want to try writing a cue? And I said, sure. And I did. And once I did that, I realized that it was really interesting and I wanted to be involved in that. And they, they had me writing music for the show that they were working on called Crossing Jordan. Um, and then at the, at the same time, they were working on a show called Heroes and I was around them while they were writing that show. And I was sort of helping orcas, you know, or uh, organize, I should say, um, uh, recording sessions and this and that and helping the engineer and what he needed and sort of just basically assisting and watching them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that lasted for about a year. And then I went out on my own. And about three years later, um, I met Noah, the, the person who, who, um, created Fargo and he had, created this other show called The Unusuals, and he asked me to write the music for that. Right. And that was sort of my foray into into writing music for... Right, because you, you found a place where you could learn, and then you got in and were doing the work. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's correct. And I, I just knew someone who could afford me the time to sit and watch and, yeah. and just take it all in. Right. But yeah. but that was somebody that you knew from your previous life. Yeah, actually, you know, it was somebody I met because my wife was good friends with them. Right. But you're but yes, same difference. Right. But you you're, you put you put yourself through other artistic endeavors in a place where you could have those kind of connections. That's correct. You know, so, mm-hmm. you know, it's not saying you want to be a music composer for TV and film, you need to go start a rock band, but it won't hurt. Right. Well, you know, having having any sort of musical experiences, like, all lead you to where you're going to be. So, right. yeah, I mean, I would say I know a lot of people who start their, who want to start their careers, they go to a college, they go to, like, music school and take film scoring. And, you know, that's a path to doing the thing that you want to do. I didn't do that. I had a rock band and yeah. made records and went on tour. And then now I'm doing something else. Um I, I think that it's really just a question of having experience, musical experiences and applying that to how you write music mm-hmm. later. Yeah. yeah, and it it all informs the next step. Which, everything. You know, but everything informs your next step. Every step you take informs the step after that. Right, but then you also don't have to – it doesn't have to be perfect. Like, I think uh, the issue a lot of people that I talk to who want to get into production of some kind, whether mm-hmm. it's music or visual or anything like that, is that – at the beginning, they're like, well, I need to know exactly what that thing is that I want to hit at the end. Never. Where That'll never, never happen. You're never going to know that. You're never, never going to happen. If, if, and I've said this to myself about a thousand times. If I would be able to go back in time to when I was like 17 and said, in 25 years, you're going to be writing music for films and TV and video games. And this whole rock thing is going to be something in your memory. Yeah. I would say – Fuck you! Yeah. No way! Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a rock. I want to be a rock guitar player. So you never know where your where your life and your career can lead you, and you just have to have the you have to have the openness to walk that path, walk yeah. any path, whatever that is. Like mm-hmm. if you're sitting here saying today, in ten years, I know what I want to do. This is the path that I'm going to take, and it's the only path that I want. Then I feel like people when when people limit themselves to that, then they're never going to be able to walk the path that's they're supposed to walk. Right, because you you need to be open to exploring these offshoots right. that might lead you to an Emmy winning career. I, I I couldn't agree with you more. And the, the you know the thing about it is like we are we're in a creative world. It's yeah. not it's not like okay if I want to be a doctor, there are steps that you take to be a doctor. And yes, 
you're never going to know if you're going to be the doctor that discovers the cure for eczema or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, there are, are steps to take to get to be a doctor. When you're when you're in a creative life, you just have to allow the creativity to guide you wherever yeah. wherever that may take you. So it's like what I know about my current creative life is my experience as a songwriter and my experience as a performer in a band informs how I do my job now. What, how I write music for Star Trek or how I write music for Fargo is actually informed by that. It's nothing like what I did, mm-hmm. but the, the experience affects how I make decisions and creative decisions now. So being open to that can lead you to places that you would never expect. I never expected to be sitting here saying, oh, yeah, you can see the video of me conducting the 60-piece orchestra for for Star Trek. Like, there's no way I could have ever foreseen that, ever, considering that I don't have a classical music – I have no classical music mm-hmm. training. I, I have sort of taught myself how to conduct, and then I've, I've you know, read some books and, and taken some classes. I, I, I have um, – a mentor, his name is Angel, and and he he has helped me along the way with this whole conducting thing, which I find to be really interesting and really fun. I'm not a experienced or accomplished conductor by any stretch of the imagination, but when I stand up there, it's just very thrilling and fulfilling mm-hmm. to, to be a part of uh, the the orchestra in that way. To be conducting for what show? Yeah, I I don't remember the name of the show <laughs> that I was talking about, but um, just never never having expected to be where I'm. At right now is also part of the joy of finding it all now. Yeah. You know, so you never know where you're going to be tomorrow. Right, but like it, it's all stayed within this thread of creativity. Right. Like whatever your creative impulse is, just go for it. Start sure. doing it, and the the path will show itself. Right. Sound well, like know, Yoda. They right? always they always say that opportunity. Um, you know, the success is always being ready for the opportunity to present itself to you. So it's, it's not about like wanting to figure out what you have to do. It's being prepared to accept an opportunity that's in front of you Mm -hmm. so you can do it and then have the ability and the opportunity to have success. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So then as far as the production for TV and film, mm. where do you fit into the production timeline typically? So, Well, yeah. the, the key word to your question is typically. Typically. Yes. It's always different. It's, well, it's, it's actually really different for, very, for various productions. Like with Fargo, with, with, when I work with Noah, for instance, mm-hmm. like Fargo and Legion and all the stuff that we, we do together, I start very, very early in the process. He'll give me the first draft of a script. We'll start talking about music and I will start writing and sketching themes to send to him so when he's in the in the van location scouting he's listening to the music and like yeah. that that and this is what he told me he was doing in Fargo 1 where I had sent him already about half an hour's worth of music before they ever started shooting that first episode um and it was all based on his characters and so I I get in really early I like to get in as early as possible mm-hmm. because you know the the music can inform the story the story informs the music and if if it all does what it's supposed to do it's all a symbiotic relationship yeah. um which is my favorite thing about doing like tv and film is just it's a big collaborative effort it's very a collaborative collaborative art piece that is just so much fun because without all the pieces working like it's just okay right i agree with that and it's also like you check your ego at the door mm-hmm. because you know 
it is a one big collaboration. It's like I'm making my art and I'm using air quotes when I say art because it's artistic, but it's the art the the piece of art is the entire work, not the individual work uh-huh. inside. So we're all trying to create the bigger thing. Yeah. You know, as though some like you get 18 people to make one big sculpture. I'm just going to work on the hand over here. Uh-huh. Somebody over there is going to work on the arm and, you know, somebody's going to work on the foot. Um it's the same basic principle with with making a video game or making mm-hmm. a, a you know, a television show or or a film. It's Everybody coming together to to make this final project, product, and the the best work is always when everybody's working in harmony, mm-hmm. um, and when people allow people to do what they do well. Yeah. Um, you know, I've always run into things where people can micromanage, and micromanagement can really slow a process down to a grinding halt, and then also then dilute the project to something that is not necessarily as good as it could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say typically I come in around the time that they are either late in the filming or the beginning of the editorial phase where they start needing to, to have music fed to them. So when they're putting their original cuts together, they can know what it's going to sound like. So so with Fargo, it, it was... In the beginnings, a little bit more based on music for characters. That's correct. And the same for Legion, too. Okay. And um, then on other projects, it's more music for scenes. Well, on, on other projects, it's like I get brought in to watch a cut, and then they say, what do you think? Where do you think we should put music? How do you think music should do? Like, how do you, how do you think it should work with the picture? And where would you like to see music? And this is where we think music should be. That's usually about, you know, three quarters of the way through the process of the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll sit down and do that. And then I'll take the cut back with me and start, start writing to, to the picture. Yeah. So you'll have like, you play it and then you're like, Oh, this is what we could do. Do you play a lot of the instruments yourself? I think it depends on the score. Uh-huh. Like there are scores that I do play everything and it's either drums or guitars or keyboards, or it's all in the computer and stuff, or, you know, me just banging on various yeah. things um, and making sounds. And other times when it's orchestral in nature, I'm really not playing anything other than I'm, you know, playing the keyboard to write in the pieces for the orchestra. Yeah. What's the weirdest thing that you've made a musical note with? Uh, what what's the weirdest like item thing? Oh, like, I think it's, it's, one of our other guests was like they used a dildo for something. That's and it was interesting. Like so funny. I've never done that. Yeah, I've never used that. Yeah, they were like I'll, drumming. I'm gonna with, have. I might have that. to try that sometime. Yeah. Um, uh, n- let's the weirdest thing. You know, it's like it could be anything. It's a coffee cup and just banging on it and then changing and manipulating the sound yeah. in the computer. I, I I've done stuff like that. Gone outside with a with a. Um, uh, with a recorder and recorded sounds on in Fargo one, I use the sound of a washing machine in Fargo two. I use the sound of a typewriter, um, and me destroying a typewriter with a baseball bat. And I'm uh, in Fargo three. It was the sounds of automobiles and cards shuffling. Like I would, I took the cards and started making a shuffling sound and I used that as a percussive sound. Uh, yeah. That's cool. So it's, it, it can be anything, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it could, they can be actual musical instruments and synthesizers and, or stuff and, and also mangling musical instruments. Like I took a violin and just started banging on it and see what happened. And then you yeah. take that and put it in the computer and sort of mess with it and see what you come up with. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, it's, it's the true meaning of the word composition. You know, composition is you're taking things and putting it together and composing something yeah you know it doesn't always have to be specific musical notes it can be the sound of anything and you're just at the end 
is the the end is a composition of various things put together. Yeah, that's how I feel uh, in the visual medium. I, I photograph and shoot video, and with that, where I'm like, I'm not quite sure what it is, but I don't know. I'm going to take a photo of this corner of the chair. And then kind of see what I can do with it right. later, right? You know, or, or you like a color it and change it and yeah. mess with it and turn it backwards and turn it upside down, and then all of a sudden it's not the corner of a chair anymore. It's yeah. something beautiful. Yeah, not that the corner of the chair wasn't beautiful to begin with. It's but, a really yeah. good looking chair, right. <laughs> but yeah, that's really. that's this this whole concept of whatever it is that you're trying to create. Just just try like think outside the box, right? And see what comes up because you might come up with something really right. amazing. Like, but don't. Try to think outside the box. Yeah. That's the whole thing. It's like there's a very fine line between being different and trying to be yeah, different. And it's like, like I need to, I need to do more. something more. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> no, but just yeah. Let loose a little bit. Sure. Maybe let loose a little, just a little. So if somebody is um, on their own at home, like they're just trying to make a film and they want to try and compose some music for themselves, what kind of advice do you have for them? For someone who knows how to write music or somebody who doesn't know how to write music? Well, okay, so let's say somebody doesn't. and They just, they don't know where to start, but they're like, I've got this little five-second clip. I want to try and make something. Anything can be the score. Mm-hmm. Anything. Any sound can be score. Um, we talk about that all the time in spotting sessions. It's like, you know, I, I, there's there's this very – I was talking oh, about this. What's a spotting session? So, okay, spotting sessions when you sit down with the filmmakers and you decide where music is going to be. Okay. Spot where the music gotcha. is going to be. So I was spotting the show counterpart and um, – was it counterpart? Yeah, it was counterpart. And there's this long sequence where it was an emotional moment, but it was raining. And the rain was the score. Mm-hmm. Like there was nothing we could do for music. Music couldn't go because it was like I, – and I said, either we lose the rain, in which case I can put music, or the rain needs to be the score. And I've used the sound of rain inside scores before in order to sort of help the help the narrative and mm-hmm. help the sound of the of the score. But the point is – Anything can be a, a score. It can be any sound. They could just sit there tapping, and yep. that could be the score. Maybe I, I don't know what the picture is, but right. it doesn't necessarily have to be musical or violins or mm-hmm. drums or anything specific. It can be any sound. You know, get get a uh, get a, a wine glass and put some water in it and just tap it with your finger, and you've got sound. Yeah, and then you can put that in your computer and stretch it out. Like what what I what I've done a lot is. You take a cup and you pour a little bit of water in it. You know, you can hit it and it'll make a little bit of a tone. And then you can take that tone and stretch it out over about four hours and make this one long, 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 long piece. And then that in and of itself, and then you you cut into that and find the right tone. And that can be the basis for any musical piece. That's really fascinating. Because yeah. like, music for me is, is so foreign, but talking with all of these composers, like... I'm a little less scared to give it a try. Like visual, I'm like, sure, whatever. Give me a camera. Let's right. go. But like for sound, that's really brilliant where it's like you just make that, stretch it out, see where there's something you can find, which is just – it's very similar to what I do with video footage. Sure. You know, where you like slow it down, speed it up. Well, that's it could exactly be amazing. Right. Turn that's it exactly. upside down. It could, it <laughs> Turn could, it inside out. Make yeah. it black and white. Yeah. Whatever. Get crazy. Right. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. And is, are there any programs that you suggest for people who are just trying at home? Um well, you know, like you can do I, – I, I use Pro Tools, and, mm-hmm. and but that's really just for audio. I think that Final Cut, you can do a lot of audio yeah. stuff in Final Cut. Um, I think that if you're, if you're um, never – if you're sort of just new to the whole thing, that's probably the thing that you'd want to use, Adobe Premiere Mix mm-hmm. or something. Um, there's a, a, lot of, a lot of stuff, you yeah. know. 
Yeah, lots of options that are yeah. out there and available to people. That's are there great. any um, times that you've, you've done something you feel was a production fail? And like you went out there and you're like, ooh, why? Well, you know, the times that I feel like I've made production fails, they don't really make it anywhere because I never allow them to leave my studio. Uh-huh. So, yeah, there there have been times when it's it's mostly like compositional rather than production-wise. You know, I've been unhappy with the sounds of things, um, but in the end... I have to fix them. So mm-hmm. if I'm unhappy with the way something has been produced, um, I'll yeah. fix. I'll just fix it Repair. until it's right or redo it. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so I, I don't know that I've I've had any major production fails that have ever seen the light of day. Right. The production fails usually never leave the laboratory. Yeah, which yeah. Is, is totally fine. And that's yeah. where you, you know, you take note of it and you realize what it is, you right. fix it and you go from there. I'll never do that again. Yes. That's right. like, okay, no, none of that. Right. Any uh, triumphs where, you know, you're, any of your like really shining moments of things you've done where you're like, that was exactly how I wanted that to turn out. Well, it's funny because a lot of times exactly how you want it to turn out isn't the way things turn out, mm-hmm. but they still can be better than what you expected. Okay. Um, and that, that seems to happen a lot with live musicians because when you – so I write a, a score or a piece of music for an orchestra to play. What I do in the computer as a mock-up and what I hear is not necessarily is what what's going to happen, even though you've written it out and you've, you've written out exactly how you want them to play a certain dynamic and how you want them to play a certain passage of notes. And, you know, they, they read the page and every, in, every player is different. So um, I, I have experienced actually hearing an orchestra play back music in a way that I never expected that made it. 10 times better than I could have ever wanted it to be. And those are the best moments. Mm -hmm. The best moments are when you have an idea and then when that idea is actually enacted, it's better than you ever thought that it could be. Those are the moments where you're like, that's why you have 30, 50, 60, 2, 1, 5 human beings playing music. Because you have all these people who are very good at that thing that they do, collaborating on this bigger project. And that's when when I'm working productions. A lot of times, like I'm by myself because it's something small. So I'm right. like shooting, I'm editing, I wrote it, it was all you know, all of this stuff just because that's what the project called for. Right. But when I get to work with a team, and I just have my one role, and then there's like a very good camera person, a very good sound person, right. very good everyone else. The project's always so much better. Composers don't always get a chance to have that experience, and mm-hmm. I think one of the things that helped helps and helped me. Um, with what I do now is my experience being a member of a band uh-huh. because I've been a collaborator my whole life. That's yeah. my, that's how I came to music is as a collaborator with other musicians, whether it was a song that I wrote or a song that I co-wrote with other people or someone else's song that we were playing. Um, it, it was all about the four of us coming together to create this sound and a lot of composers don't get that chance. A lot of you know, many, many composers sit in a room by themselves in the dark, mm-hmm. and that's it. They write and they write and they write and they write, and the doors closed, and that's all they do. There's no other input from any other um, from any other either artist or musician or anyone. Mm-hmm. And I think that part of the thing that makes orchestral music or live music so great for scores is that it infuses an element into the score that is alive that a single composer in a room with a laptop can't possibly do. Now, those scores that are written and made with a laptop in a room by people, you know, by themselves, those have merit and those 
can be fantastic, but it doesn't have the it doesn't have the same life. It doesn't have yeah. the same feeling as as something with um with live musicians playing real instruments. Yeah, I, I you know I I'm not a purist by any stretch of the imagination. I have written many pieces of music that was just me on every instrument, or just me and a keyboard, or just me and a computer, and I've been very happy with them. Yeah. But since I've been recording a lot of live music, um for for these projects that I've been working on, I've become more and more accustomed to what that does to the music that I'm writing. And it's, it's thrilling. Yeah. I used to really be into like, I was like, Oh, it's just mine and nobody gets to touch it. <laughs> you know, you're a little like precious, right? right? Which is, it's fun, especially when you're trying to exercise your creative muscles. Cause I, I'm the type of person that wants to learn a little bit about everything. Right. So then when I'm working on bigger things, I know how to communicate with those people. But now that I feel like I've, I've done that and I am enjoying more working collaboratively. Sure. Yeah. Well, it's very, I mean, it's very meaningful to, to be able to have collaborative moments mm-hmm. and for that to inform how you, how you work. Yeah. You know, again, I'm not saying only 60 piece orchestras get to be great because that's few, those are few and far between because of financial constraints. But I think that, you know, it's even better to just have one other person in a room mm-hmm. and throw ideas back and forth or just like, what do you think of this? Or like, what would you play? Or yeah. how would you do this? Or get a, you know, someone to just come in and tap mm-hmm. while you're playing a guitar or playing the piano to sort of give it a different feel, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. So do you have any advice for creatives in general who are, are looking to get into entertainment? Uh, you know, that question seems to arise a lot. Like yeah. what's your advice for, for people who are you know, wanting to be creative and wanting to make it a, a, as as a as a career and it's yeah. you know it's interesting i i have no advice because the advice is just to continue to be creative you know finding a way to market your own creativity is very difficult and yeah. it's also different for every single person so you know i've always said that the the success to be had is it's it's so there's so many factors involved there's being in the right place being having it be the right time you having written the right music it being the right group of people it being a confluence of events that led you to that thing that made this one person want to hear this particular piece of music or see this film or watch your your one-man show or whatever it is um so there's really no one piece of advice that anybody can give that would lead anybody down a road of success it's just you have to try to be creative in your creative space. Like, be creative being creative. Yes, I agree. And that and that has become a through line of a lot of our guests is just you have to go out there and do the thing that you are wanting, wanting to, to do. Absolutely. And then as you do it, then, you know, right. you'll make your connections. But if you're not doing it, it's not going to happen. That's right. If, if all you're doing is trying to do it, then – yeah. You're not you're not accomplishing anything. Yeah. You have to go out there and do it, and whatever way that is. If you're, you know, you write piano music, then you know, find a piano bar mm-hmm. and go do a free gig at 4 p.m. Yeah, and just play, and just get out there and just make music, you mm-hmm. know, or sit in your studio and just write music, write music. Yeah, and then especially with the like, you know, the internet, you can just yeah, output, can get... output, sure. output. As you get better, you might get recognized, you might not, but at least you're out there. The right. world is. It's happening. You are doing the thing right. that you need to do to make your career happen. Agreed. And then also, like, approaching your creative uh, elements of your life in a professional way. Sure. If you want to be creative professional, go be professional. Right. I, and I think being professional is a very 
profound part of what you're talking about. It's like the ability to be professional and know what you have to do, when you have to do it, and mm-hmm. how to get to the point of where you're, where you have to do it, what you have to do. And so, so many people are like, well, it's just music. I just want to write music. Well, you know, the business of writing music for films and television and all that stuff, it's not just writing music. It's yeah. not, it's not just the ability to write music. There are a lot of people out there who can write really, 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 really fantastic music. Yeah. It isn't just about that. It's, they, there are things that you have to be able to manage. Interpersonal relationships are very important, like the ability to connect and the ability to, um, have a conversation and mm-hmm. understand what somebody's saying and then translate that into music. That's a really really, really important thing. And, and, and the ability to make someone believe that you are going to take care of their needs and they, so they can feel safe and comfortable and know that, oh, this is going to get taken care of. I don't have to worry about this. Right. Because in films and in TV, as you know, the filmmakers have about 10 billion things that they're thinking about. Music is just one single part of that. So if the, if the filmmakers feel like, that's going to be taken care of. That's one less thing that they, they need to think about. They can just check that mark and, okay, we're, this is good. This is going to be taken care of. Yeah. Be yeah. like, be responsible for your realm. Exactly. And be trustworthy. Be, you yeah. know. I think that works in, in all aspects yeah. of, the, of the creative. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, just be professional. Yes. Be yeah. professional right. and be nice. Oh, Don't be a jerk. It doesn't, by the way, it's easy to be nice. It yeah. actually is difficult to be a jerk, right? Yeah. It's, you have to actually do things and say things in order to be a jerk. To be, um, to, to be nice is simple. You know, it's like, don't. Just don't be a jerk. Yeah, because like so many of the the opportunities that you got were probably because you were a nice guy, and they're like, you know, it would be fun to give him an opportunity. I I think nice. I think people who are genuinely or generally nice tend to 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 attract people more than than people who are actually not nice people in general. Like if you treat people with some respect people will hopefully treat you back with respect. Yeah. You know, that's not to say that people don't make mistakes because people make mistakes, but the the general idea is to try to be as um nice as possible. Yes, be yeah. nice, be professional and do the thing. Yeah. That's great. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today You're welcome. about shows we're not supposed to talk about. What show? And awards that I didn't get to hang on to today and won't talk to me because name, you didn't her, bring it. She has a name. Congratulations on your Emmy win. Thank you for chatting with us. Let everyone know where they can find you on social media. Uh, You know, you can find me. I have a website, jeffrusso.com, and and you can see uh, me on Twitter at Jefferson Russo. Jefferson. Jefferson Russo. It's not Jeff. It's at Jefferson Russo. And um, I have Facebook, Jeff Russo Music, I think, is my Facebook thing. That may or may not be right. I think it's Jeff Russo Music. (laughs) Um, And, uh, you know, various other places but okay. i think those are the two main things is facebook and and twitter and the website yeah and basically you turn on your tv anywhere and you'll hear <laughs> jeff russo playing somewhere on your tv in your movie theater on your video games it's great thank you so much for joining me thank you and i'm mary lou mandel thank you again for watching on the fly filmmaking you can find me all over the internet at mary lou mandel and we will catch you next time from producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.